Gracious host M True Man 418. <laughs> Listen, we won't be live from the bridge much soon because I I'm definitely gonna have to change the title name or what have you because apparently there's quite a few jabronis out there that believe that live from the bridge is about Queens Bridge. Let's be clear here. I've never claimed that I'm from Queensbridge. This podcast will not be talking about Queensbridge. Definitely a minimum on that. Not that I have a problem with Queensbridge. I've been to Queensbridge before. Never lived there, but I've been. But this podcast will not be about Queensbridge. Let's be clear. I appreciate Queensbridge and the talent that has come out of there. Me, I'm from Southside. Southside, Jamaica, 109 Ave, 142nd Ave, Guyar Brew. I am not from Queensbridge. Let's be clear once again. <laughs> like I said, I've been to Queensbridge before. My first time in Queensbridge, uh, I went for a live show actually. I went to see Oludara, musician, jazz musician Oludara. Now, that name doesn't sound very familiar. Oludara is Nas's pops. Nas also from Queensbridge. Um, incredible show, incredible show. Uh, he he definitely has a uh, definitely the showmanship is on point. Definitely has a story to tell not only in his words but through his music and you can see all of these different um you can hear actually excuse me you can hear all the different cultures and all the different places in his music and uh definitely an incredible show definitely an incredible show so you know what in fact uh, let's do this um let, let let's pay some homage let's 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 give some flowery to uh oludara um, quite frankly, to be honest with you, I don't really know much about the man. I've seen a few projects that he's done, um, really good projects as well. Um, but he's not really put out there like that, you know, for a jazz cat, like the other jazz cats that we know, multi, uh, instrumentalists. It's not really out there like that. Let's do this. Uh, Oludara Jones, born Charles Jones III, January 12th, 1941. He's an American guitarist and singer. Uh, let's see here. He was born in Natchez, Mississippi. I was born in Mississippi. 
I was young and running. Yeah, I know the joint. <laughs> yeah, I know the joint. <laughs> Bridging the gap. Let's see here. His mother, Ella May Jones, was born in Canton, Mississippi. His father, Charles R. Jones, born in Natchez, was a traveling musician. Wow, his was a traveling musician and sang with the with the Melanders. The Melanders. The Melandiers? Okay. The Melandiers. I, I don't know if I like that. A uh, vocal quartet with a guitarist. Hmm. As a child, Dara, Dara took piano and clarinet lessons. He studied at Tennessee State University, initially a pre-med major, switching to music theory and composition. Hmm. From 1959 to, to 64, he was a musician in the Navy, which he's described as a priceless educational experience. In 64, he moved to New York City and changed his name to Oludara, which means the Lord is good in the Yoruba language. Interesting. In the 70s and 80s, he played alongside David Murray, not familiar. Henry Threadgill, not familiar. Harriet Bluett, Don Pullen, Charles Bracken, James Blood. Okay, I'm familiar with James Blood. Um, Cassandra Wilson and formed two bands, the Okra Orchestra. Hmm. And the Natchezippi, <laughs> the Natchezippi Dance Band. All right. His first album in the world from Natchez to New York. I remember this. I remember this album. Not a bad album. Um, in 1998. That's a long time. All right. All right. So 64, he moves to New York City. He's already a music guy through the 70s and 80s. What, 1998? His first album in 1998? That's insane. Wow. This, he waited damn near a lifetime to come out with his first album. Crazy. This guy's touring schedule had to be off the wall. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Revealed another aspect of his music personally. Personality, excuse me. Um, the leader and singer of a band immersed in African-American tradition playing an eclectic mix of blues, jazz, and storytelling. You, you see, this is what I noticed from his music. Um, his He has a lot of storytelling in his music as far as the words and as far as the flow of the music, um, you know, uh, the changes. You know, very, very intricate stuff, very scientific stuff, mathematics. Let's see what else here. Um, storytelling. The, the tinges of funk, African popular music, and reggae. His second album, Neighborhoods, didn't hear it. I'll probably be looking for it. Um, the guest appearances by Dr. John and Cassandra Wilson formed in a similar vein. Dara played on the album Illmatic. As we know, we played the horn on uh, Life's a Bee. Um, let's see here. Um, He's also on the song Dance, which, okay, that was dedicated to his mother. That was on, 
the Godson album 2002. Um, I don't recall. I guess maybe there's a horn or something on there. I don't recall, you know. Honestly, that's actually a song that I actually skip. I mean, very, very emotional song. You know, it, it don't really, you know, <laughs> it don't really do much for you. It's going to be an emotional song. So, quite frankly, I usually skip it. Um, let me see here. And also, of course, he's on Bridging the Gap 2004. So, I mean, this man's, um, you know, his resume speaks for itself. You know, Pista, Oludara. Peace to Queensbridge. Um, man, uh, Queensbridge, what can you say? Roxanne Shante, female legend. Um, definitely, you know, off the rip, one of the greatest of all time. Of course, you know, um, if, if you're going by her skill, you know, obviously people go by how much records you selling and how many world tours you selling out, but Line for line, skill for skill, Roxanne Shante is definitely top three greatest of all time. Top five, top ten, whatever. Um, man, Havoc from Mob Deep. Rest in peace, Prodigy. Prodigy's not from Queensbridge. He's from Hempstead. But, um, man, they adopted him. But Havoc is from Queensbridge. So, you know, great producer. Um, Marley Mall is a giant not just in DJ Marley Mall, not just in hip hop. This man is a giant in music in general, a scientist. Man, a scientist, definitely a, a, a groundbreaking. Um, this man is a vanguard when it comes to music, especially hip hop, giant. Um, yeah, man, Queen, yeah, you know, much respect to Queensbridge, but this, uh, this podcast won't be about that. We are live from the bridge, but um, the bridge is once again a symbol, a symbol for making connections, transforming oneself, um, responsibility to oneself. So that that's what kind of frequency we kind of moving on here. And, um, you know, we kind of cater to those that want to think for themselves and, you know, um, that that want to make those necessary mental adjustments because uh it's nothing but mind games out here for real for real so you know that might be as positive of a talk as we're gonna have because from here this is gonna be a a quite morbid show (laughs) if you will yeah it's it's gonna be a little bit of a a downer um i said i was gonna come back and read a few excerpts from um this book as far as the child labor laws go so we're going to take a look back at some of the uh the past child labor uh activities going on in history and it's not pretty you know and uh what's going on right now i mean it's not pretty and once it once it well you know the things that's not being reported. Um, You know, apparently there's a few states that are dealing with a lot of violations when it comes to child labor. Um, So now you're talking about loosening laws for minors to work more, working more adult places. Um, Once again, you have, at the same time, you have 
these so-called migrants from other countries being flown in, what do you think that they're going to be involved in? You know, quite, you know, this is definitely just educational purposes on where this can go, you know, and for us to see where things can go, we got to look back. So that's what, we, what we're going to do here. I'm, I'm going to try to be uh, as short as I can because, once again, got to get this workout in. So, um, Also, too, last last thing I talked about last time was the whole Jamie Foxx thing. And, you know, I don't want to seem insensitive and, you know, I can't help the way anybody feels. Quite frankly, I don't really care. But at the same time, it's not that I want you know, Jamie Foxx to be, you know, uh, uh, injured or even dead at this point. But, you know, if I'm looking from the outside, which I am, then this is what I've seen. And I come to this conclusion once again, well, what I forgot to mention was I come to this conclusion up just by patterns, by seeing these things before. Last time we've seen this before, who was it? The NFL player, the Damar Hamlin. <laughs> this man dropped dead on a football field. Allegedly, he was resuscitated. He's in the hospital. And ever since then, it's just nothing but funny business. You know, nothing but um, chaotic reports saying all sorts of different things. Next thing you know, we we see a, a, they, they tell us that he's doing well. <laughs> this was so funny. <laughs> they tell us he's doing well. So first thing we see is a, a screenshot. Apparently, Meek Mill hit him up. And it's a screenshot of a conversation that they're having through the phone. But in my mind, I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is what the age of technology, right? So if he's doing all right and he's having this conversation, you can clearly just post a minute long video of the conversation, the riveting conversation, the life earth shattering, the, the life changing conversation he's having with Meek Mills of all people. We, we just wanna, you know, we just wanna be a fly on the wall and, and hear what these brothers have to say. But what do they do? They don't show us a video they just give us a screenshot and we assume that's him. So then what he, uh, he makes in a, they say, Oh, he went into the locker room. He's in the locker room talking to the players or whatever. Then he comes to the, to the Super Bowl, <laughs> And this is where I noticed, uh, this is where many, many people's antenna was going up. Now me, I was already saying the man was dead. In my opinion, I think that the, that night he fell on that football field, he was going right then and there. I don't believe that they resuscitated him, but let, let's play along here. So, <laughs> so he shows up for the Super Bowl. He doesn't go with his mom. His mom is there with his, uh, with I guess his uh, siblings or, or whoever they were. They they come in a separate. Uh, they walk in separately. And then uh, <laughs> Damar Hamlin, he comes in and he's all masked up. 
He's riding on that uh on that golf cart. <laughs> and he just walks in. He doesn't really acknowledge too much. He just walks in. He comes in like Michael Jackson. <laughs> when he was wacko jacko. And he just goes in the locker room, don't really say much. So so all of these weeks go by. They say he's doing all right. And yet we still hear nothing. And all we do is get up a, a masked up, a masked up guy. So then he gets on the football field. And, you know, obviously we're gonna look at the symbols. Symbols is very important. Um this man, I noticed, that's the first thing I noticed was his jacket. Um, it was some kind of religious type of uh, a jacket. I, something Christian or whatever related. Um, and and then later, uh, he then he does a, a video statement, I think, whatever, a month or two, whatever, later, or whatever. And even how fast he gets out of the hospital i'm like this man died <laughs> this man is this man literally died and he's out of the hospital really in no time especially in the manner that it happened um i mean it's all sorts of things here i mean I, i'm not really going to go back and look at this but i'm just using that as an example to say this is it reeks of the same style of a DeMar handling, you know, um, once again, conflicting reports. He's playing Jamie Foxx is playing pickleball. <laughs> He's out here. He's been out the hospital for weeks, according to his daughter. Yet it was only a week or two before he actually went in the hospital. So and once again, we haven't heard really anything from him. no videos or anything. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm a, this is how I call it. I'm going to say both of the, and now, of course, then you have, let's just say this real quick. Of course, you have um, the clone, uh, the clone theories and what have you. Look, I'm not going to go that far and say this this guy is cloned. I mean, clearly, um, there are important figures throughout history today around the world that have, um, that have lookalikes, you know, um, <laughs> what you call it? Uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney is a whole lookalike, but that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. But I mean, you can get these guys, look, they can get somebody to finish a movie. Cause that was one of the things that uh, Jamie Foxx is filmed filming a movie. He's at the end of it. And you can clearly get somebody that looks like him, you know, um, they have CGI right now that, uh, you know, you can use. So, I mean, all of these things, I mean, like I said, all I have to say, this nigga's dead. The end. I Listen, prove me wrong. When I see something, <laughs> when I see something different, I, I'll say if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's what I'm saying. And I'm saying the same thing with DeMar Hamlin. All of a sudden now he's playing football again. Cut it out. I, I'm going to need my nurses, my doctors. I, listen. I, I, I work in the hospital. I'm going to go and ask around because <laughs> this is, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it. And um, even the side-by-side -side pictures, I've seen two different pictures of this brother, two different people, two different people. 
you need me to get it, I'll get it for you. I'll get the proof for you. If you if if you feel that <laughs> inclined to ask, I'll give you the picture. But I saw the two pictures side by side, two different people. So uh nice try. Nice try. So yeah, uh we'll we'll see about this. The clone fox. We'll see about that later. What else we got here? Man, this is it, it, it it's gonna get dark, man, if it hasn't already. This is gonna be a dark, dark episode. <laughs> this is not gonna be for the weak at heart, man. I tell you, you you're gonna be pretty strong. <laughs> you, you either wanna know, you wanna hear this, <laughs> you feel strongly <laughs> inclined for me, you you might like me as a person. I don't know. There's a lot of different reasons, but if you stay and listen to this shit, I, I don't know, man. This this shit is gonna get dark. I, I need some other things to talk about before we get in. I don't know. Let's see what else here. Man. Uh, you know, maybe maybe we should just get into. Let, let's just get it get it done and over with because um put put the kids to bed. Put put the children to bed. The children don't need to hear this. This is this is not This is not gonna be good. This is not gonna be good. So like I said before, I, I tried to find more states that are that are Healing back these child labor laws. Apparently, it's Arkansas. Well, let's just say all of these states are not doing all the same things. They're doing it to some degree, but basically they're they're basically starting the trend of repealing little bit by little. Some states are ahead of others, but basically, uh, I couldn't find 11 to the 14 states that they were talking about that are involved in this but Arkansas is definitely one Iowa obviously is definitely one Washington is definitely one and Tennessee apparently is one so you know like I said um, I do think that uh, Michigan will eventually follow suit Um, I mean New York would be a huge one you know um California, you know, uh, basically pretty much uh, most Democratic states, um, in my opinion, you know, it hasn't been done yet. But and, and, and to be to be 100 um, percent, both Republicans and Democrats are both pushing for this. So, it, I, you know, it's not a you know, it's not a party thing, but I'm just saying you really find this in a lot of democratic states. So, you know, you take it out you want. I don't care about politics. I don't vote, so I really don't care. So, um, those are the states that are involved. All these, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can have it. Iowa, yeah, these are places I'll never go. Arkansas, yeah, you'll never find me there. <laughs> oh, there's Mike. He's having a fish sandwich in Arkansas. Nah, never gonna happen. All right, so (laughs) 
So uh, let's see here. Let's make sure we're here. All right. So the book we're going to be reading from. Is uh, turning out to be one of my <laughs> my slept on favorites for more reasons than one. But uh, a lot of information in this. Uh, we're going to be reading from a book called They Were White and They Were Slaves. The Untold History of the Enslavement of Whites in Early America. By Michael A. Hoffman II. Okay. I, I don't lost a lot of people right there. Oh, well. Listen, this is what we're reading from. <laughs> this is the material. You may not be used to it, but unfortunately, it's a lot we don't know about history. So we, we with us from live from the bridge we we we're going to we're going to catch up here we we going to catch up we we know we they brainwash you in kindergarten <laughs> no well y'all go to pre-k now i i never did the pre-k thing but we know from pre-k to 12th grade and when you get into those collegiate areas yeah they got y'all good they hit y'all over the head pretty good round here nah we live from the bridge so let's get into it So we're going to start from this excerpt right here. Um, by the way, we're we're reading because we know you lazy individuals will never take the time to read this. So we're going to read this for your lazy asses. We're going to take the time and read it for you lazy asses. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm just dread reading this, you know, um, it's not going to be pretty. I, I, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible, but um, this is for educational purposes, folks, educational purposes. I mean, I'm trying to come here with a light heart, but uh, listen, it is what it is. So white children in chains. This is the name of the, uh, the excerpt here. Age 32. The kidnapping of English children into slavery in America actually legalized, actually legalized during the first quarter of the 17th century. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. So just off that alone. We're going to say white children were kidnapped and basically in legalized slavery in the 17th century. Um, okay. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that go hand in hand with so-called African slavery or Africans being taken from Africa and brought to America? I mean, how is it that white children are being kidnapped 
and brought into this as well as blacks but you don't really hear about these white kids too much do you okay i i listen i'm only going by what mr hoffman is talking about so let's see what he's saying 17th century 17th century in that period a large number of children of poor parents as well as orphan children were targeted for the white slave trade these poor white children were described as a plague and a rowdy element (laughs) they calling you they calling y'all plague these children children being plagues rowdy element they rowdy right now i can hear them right now right outside my window Mm. aristocrats who ran the who ran the virginia company such as sir thomas smythe and sir edwin sandys viewed the children as a convenient pool of slave laborers for the fields of the virginia colony who was raising these children damn in their petition in the council of london in 1618 they complained of the great number of vagrant children in the streets and requested that they might be transported to virginia to serve as laborers a bill was passed in september of 1618 it looks like permitting the capture of children aged eight years old or older girls as well as boys the eight-year-old boys were to be enslaved for 16 years and the eight-year-old girls for 14 years after which it said they would be given land Hmm. the transportation of vagrant children from london virginia 1618 1620 all right well there you have it Uh, a directive was issued for the capture of children in london empowering city aldermen to direct their constables to seize children on the streets and commit them to the prison hospital at bridewell where they were await shipment to america did you get your passport did you get your shots (laughs) crazy you're going to America. America. Damn, this is some cold shit. Cold shit. Allegedly. This is what Mr. Hoffman is saying. This is true. Some cold. It's cold shit. See where we were. Okay. Uh, their only crime was that they were poor and happened to be found loitering or sleeping in the streets when the constable passed by these kids were taken off the streets literally only for the fact that they were poor this this sound like some chattel stuff to me sounds like chattel slavery but the streets were not the only place child slaves were to be pronounced however excuse me procured excuse me the homes of the indigent parents were with large families were also on the agenda of the slave traders poor english parents 
were given the opportunity to surrender one or more of their children to the slavers. Do I <laughs> families being broken up? Children being taken? Where have we heard this story before? Kids going into slavery, being sold into slavery. Where have we heard this story before? If they refuse, if they refuse, hold on. This is kind. Of, <laughs> this is an old copy, so <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to get the physical copy of this. All right. If they refused, they were to be starved into submission by being denied any further relief assistance from the local government. Wow. Wow. To carry out the provisions of the act, the Lord Mayor directed an alderman to make inquiry of those parents overcharged and burdened with poor children. Whether they wish to send them send any of them to Virginia, those who replied negatively neg negatively were to be told they would not receive any further poor relief from the parish. The grieving parents were assured that the shipment of their children to Virginia would be benef would be beneficial to the children because it was a place where under severe masses they may be brought a goodness. You know that's a damn lie. You know that's a damn lie. In January of 1620, a group of desperate, terrified English children attempted to break out of Bridewell, where they had been imprisoned while awaiting the slave ships to America. They rose up and fought. Matters and further complicated. Matters were further complicated by the refusal of some of the children to be transported. In late January, a kind, a kind of revolt occurred at Bridewell with some of the ill-disposed among the children declaring their unwillingness to go to Virginia. Children is quick to rise up too. <laughs> the youth, the youth is rising up. Let's see here. Hmm. All right. A hasty letter from Sir er er from Sir Edwin Sandys to the King's secretary quickly rectified the situation. On, Jan on January 31st, the, the Privy Council decreed that if any of the children continued in their obstinance, <laughs> they would be severely punished. It is possible that one of the children was actually executed as an example to the others. What is certain is that a month later, the children, mostly boys, were forced on a boat, excuse me, forced on board and the ship duty and transported to Virginia. They, they was going anyway. You going. You going. There's no stopping it. Wow. Wow. This is, this is dark. This, this is dark for me now. I don't know if I could get through this. Listen, I, I, this is, I'm just trying to show that this is the dark side of all of this child labor stuff, believe it or not. This is, this is what is bound to happen to children talking about, oh, you can serve alcohol 
a minor can serve alcohol to an adult um, or to a customer with uh, as, as long as an adult is present. Listen, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. No, nah, this is no. Nah. Watch your kids. Got to teach your kids. Watch over your children. Oh, man. Let me see here. I'm going to try to get through this. Okay. There would be many more shipments of these doomed children bound for the colonies in the years ahead. From the time on, little is known about little is known about them except that very few lived to become adults. When a muster or census of the Virginia colony was taken in 1625, the names of only seven boys were listed of the children kidnapped in 1619. All the rest were dead. The the statistics <laughs> the statistics for the children sent in 1620 are equally grim. No more than five were alive in 1625. Man, see, th this is okay. I'm gonna have to highlight this because I, I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this. now because this definitely um, coincides with other stories that I hear so and, and we're going to get into that at a later time um wow uh, da, 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 da. Um, listen <laughs> Okay, so we, we haven't even gotten into the working aspect of the, of the miners. We haven't even gotten into their jobs yet. Okay, but this is this is how it began. It started with taking poor children off the streets. Okay, and it also starts with taking these miners from another country from wherever and then shipping them over here. Well, you think they're gonna be working at your local Taco Bell? Nah, no, no. Will you, will you think they're gonna be one of these greeters at Walmart? No, no. I'm not saying bum rush the place and, and I'm just telling you like, this is the extent of this. This is where it goes. I'm gonna skip a little ahead because uh, I want to get to the working aspect of this. This, this, you know, this kidnapping kids stuff. I, it's dark. It's dark. Okay, um, let's see here. Let's read this real quick. The collusion between the public and private sphere generated profits in established a precedent for more for many more occasions where like pains 
with the Eagler taking excuse me, the president the precedent established was the cornerstone of the trade in child slaves in Britain for decades to come a trade whose center after London would become the ports of Scotland Okay, well, listen. This goes on a little bit long, longer, but um, I'm gonna skip ahead. Uh, so basically, we know how they're getting these children. They're taking them off the streets. They're taking them away from their families, amongst poor families. And if they and if they refuse, then they starve out the family. Listen, <laughs> it's crazy. All right, let's get in. Let's get into this working real quick. Uh, let's see here. In 1830, the Reverend Richard Osler, a Methodist minister in York, protested the conditions in the Bradford woolen mills where young children labored and were beaten if they fell asleep. <laughs> I, I fall asleep at work. <laughs> they, they beat you if you fell asleep. I be taking naps at work. They beat you if you fall asleep? Listen, sounds like slavery to me. Osler attacked the hypocrisy of Yorkshire clergymen and politicians who condemned the great fervor the enslavement of blacks in the West Indies while in England. Thousands of our fellow creatures are this at this. Okay, it says are this very moment. Whatever. <laughs> are this very moment. I guess he meant I guess they meant at this very moment. In a state of slavery more more horrid than our victims of the hellish system colonial slavery. The very streets which receive the droppings of an anti-slavery society are every morning, every morning wet by the tears of innocent victims at the accursed shrine of avarice. Hmm. Okay, he's talking that. That's that pimp talk in 17 in the 17th century. <laughs> All right, <laughs> what else is saying? Huh. Okay, let's let's um let's move here. The Industrial Revolution's factory labor force consisted primarily primarily of white children from the workhouses who were seized and placed in the factories under under spurious indentured apprentice system. So that's S I A S system. The SIAS system, spurious indentured apprentice system. <laughs> There's nothing apprentice about this. Let's see here. Uh, what's the page? Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Here then was a ready source of labor 
and a very welcome one. The children provided with un- with employment would be rescued from paperism and and the ratepayers or taxpayers would be relieved of their part of the burden. So mill owners began to appear in London, visiting parish officers and making the necessary arrangements. The children were formally indentured as apprentices. What what happened to them was nobody's concern. A parish in London, having got rid of a batch of unwanted pauper children, was unlikely to, to interest itself in their subsequent fate. The term apprenticeship, God, all right, I, I lost this page again. Hold up. Listen, you niggas is lazy because y'all could have read this yourself. So <laughs> bear, bear with me here. Um, where was I? The term apprenticeship was in any case a misnomer. We, we uh, Exactly. We know that this is a misnomer. We know this. This is no apprenticeship. It, there's no wiggle room for back talk and sass talk. You fall asleep, you getting beat. <laughs> it, it, it ain't no, no. There's no apprentice going on here. It's, it looks to me, you a slave? You a slave for life. Let's see here. Um, many employers imported child apprentices, parish orphans from workhouses far and near, clearly overseers of poor were only too keen to get rid of the orphans. How they getting rid of them? How they getting rid of them? Children were brought to the factories like like cartloads of live lumber and abandoned to their fate. Poor children taken from workhouses or kidnapped in the streets of the metro of metropolis used to be brought down by coached to Manchester and slid on the cellar on cellar in Mosley Street into a cellar wow coached to Manchester and slid into a cellar in Mosley Street wow as if they had been stories of any other inanimate substance or object for that matter man London, America, England, America. Y'all don't care about no kids. Y'all, y'all don't care about your kids. But parents, you're going to have to protect your kids. <laughs> protect your children. <laughs> Stop having them jump off a boat. Stop raising them to jump off of boats in the shark infested waters. Literally. <laughs> Stop having them go on these challenges and, and, and being dared to do shit and then dealing with the consequences of being paralyzed or or, or or death. Come on, man. This is crazy. Uh, let's see here. Being indentured as a pauper apprentice what they call a pauper apprentice children lost all ability to negotiate the terms of their bound labor 
The term apprentice was a misnomer because they were not being taught a trade. No, they were not being taught a trade. They were being dictated what, the, what they're going to do and like it. And if you fall asleep, there's a beating for you. It's crazy. Machine tending was a custodial function, not a skill. Machine tending was a custodial function, not a skill. A child labeled an indentured apprentice could be paid in pittance and forced to work the long hours. Okay, <laughs> y'all not getting paid a salary. <laughs> you getting paid a pittance. Pittance. That that's that's lower than <laughs> that, that's that's lower than anything. Pittance. It may not even be money. It might be scraps from the table. It might be crumbs. Take these pittance. They got a way of saying stuff back then. I, <laughs> it sounds dark to me. <sighs> For example, to induce free English adults. Ah, listen, listen, <laughs> listen. You're going to have to bear with me. My fingers is a little busy right now. Let's see here. Uh, I get employees. I'm going to pay y'all pittance. All right. Um, let's see where, where we left off here. We left off at the pittance. All right. Uh, for example, okay. For example, to induce free English adults. Okay, I'm a, I'm about to quit this. Maybe maybe the devil's busy because I I keep flipping. The devil is bit. See, the devil don't want me to talk this. The devil don't want me to talk this. That's why I keep losing. I keep losing the page. Huh? Satan. Get thee behind me. I'm going to read it regardless. I don't care if my fingers keep slipping. This is going to get red, Satan. Satan don't want me to read this. But we going to anyway. Where do we read? Where do we leave off? All right. I know why I keep doing it, too. So let's get rid of this. All right. Let's get rid of that. Uh, for example, to induce free English adults to work a night shift at a factory would have cost the owners more in wages. These disadvantages, oh, excuse me, these, these disadvantageous terms were avoided by compelling the enslaved children to work at night. They don't want to pay adults no more. They want to pay children. This is what's going on in America. Where have I heard this? In Iowa? They're not trying to pay no adults. They want, they want, they looking for, for minors. <sighs> let's, let's, let's go ahead. Let's go forward, man. British children compromise. Excuse me. British children comprise a majority of the factory workforce. Wow. Children working in the factory. From two thirds to three quarters 
of the workers in early factories. They were lucky if they earned a half penny an hour. That's your pittance. I, they were lucky if they earned a half penny an hour. Damn shame. Damn shame. Pittance. Whew. Man. Slavery's back. Slavery is back. Uh, let's see here. For this, they were made to work as children had never been made to work before. Wow. For the sake of a shilling a week, at the age of five children who had to be carried to work and who were once there had to be terrorized to stay awake. They had to be terrorized to stay awake. That means a shoe beating, a lashing, per perhaps. Man, we, we got to protect our children, you know. We, we got to protect our children for real. Man. Wow. And, and let's not get this confused either. Same thing that happened in London. Same thing that went on in America. America had the same industrial... Uh, um, um, system when it comes to minors working it's the same thing same same situations um let's see here white children worked up to <laughs> that's like <laughs> florida man florida woman white children remember they were white and they were slaves yeah <laughs> we want to catch up oh we live from the bridge. Oh, we're going to catch up. We're going to catch up. White children worked up to 16 hours a day. And during the period, the doors were locked. You know, I've heard things like that in China. I heard things like that in that chi China. China. <laughs> you know how Trump said it. China. I've heard the same thing. Um, with uh, allegedly now where people in the uh, factories making them uh, $5 uh, uh, Jordans that y'all buy for 150, 200, 253, whatever it is. And they up in them factories or an Apple and they want to jump out the window and some try. And so they begin to put nets under the window, allegedly. I'm going to say that does happen because, you know, <laughs> whatever. China's always into something. How you going to make people work like that without doing that? Yeah. Them Chinese, they getting pittance. Paid pittance. All right. <laughs> Where were we now? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, White children. White children. We were at the white children. Worked up to 16 hours a day. And during that period, the doors were locked children and most of the mill workers were still excuse me and most of the mill workers were still children were allowed out only to go to the necessary were only allowed to go to the necessary how sometimes some of the, how they state in some of this stuff is 
a little weird, but basically it had to be necessary for you to somehow, you know, get out. Definitely a life or death thing. And probably even then, probably not. Um, in some factories, it was forbidden to open open any of the windows. Okay, this is a bad copy because <laughs> they're really... <laughs> It's all good. It says forbidden to open my of the windows. Okay, whatever. In some factories, it was forbidden to open any of the windows. Cotton fluff was everywhere, including on the children's food, but often as they often as they had to stand all day, they were too fatigued to have any appetite. Too fatigued to have any appetite. Wow. The child apprentice who who were on the night shift might stay on it for as long as four or five years. Although that they were provided with dinner at midnight, the machinery did not stop. The money don't stop. The work don't stop. Bringing them next next shift of miners crazy this was labor without any breaks unceasing labor when the children fell asleep when the children fell asleep at the machines they were lashed into wakefulness with the whip alternately known as a as a thong or a strap Damn. Alternately known as a thong or a strap. This gives new meaning to the thong song. This is wild. This gives new meaning to a thong. It's not about having that dental floss up your ass. Wearing dental floss up your ass. This was a, 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 a <laughs> this was a, a device of cruel intention. This was an object of cruel intention. A thong. This is where the the, the thong come from. Whew. A thong or a strap. He see he see little Pip. He see little Kip sleep. He find little Kip sleep. Oh, he says, get the strap, get the thong. Woo, man. If they arrived late to the factory, talk to talk to another child or committed some other infraction, they were beaten with an iron bar known as a billy roller. A billy roller. This sounds worse than the Billy Club. This is no. In fact, it is because it's it's an iron bar. No, Billy Clubs. I'm pretty sure are not made of iron today. I'm pretty sure. Um, this is definitely so. The Billy Club is the offspring of the Billy Roller. Whew, man. They said these kids would be terrorized as far as the, the working. This is what they had to do. Uh, 
A contemporary witness described the factory children of Manchester, England as almost universally ill-looking, small, sickly, barefoot, and ill-clad. In the room they entered, the dirty, ragged, miserable crew were all active in the performance of, the, of their various tasks. The, over, the overlookers strapped in hand on the alert and the, and the whirling spindles urging the little slaves who waited on them to movements as unceasing as their own. Hmm. Woo. I, I, I'm almost done. <laughs> I, I don't know how much more I can stomach. Man, we got to protect our children. We got to we gotta really protect our children, man. This is crazy. We got to go back to how it was back in the day where neighbors knew the neighbor's children. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, they at this point, they made a society to where, and, and see, now that I think about it, Honestly, this is where I feel like the whole Dahmer thing. Come on. Okay, Dahmer on Netflix. If you've seen it, haven't seen it. We all know the story of Jeffrey Dahmer. But to do this story yet again, because there have been many Dahmer movies to come out. There wasn't just one. There have been many series. There have been many movies that have highlighted Dahmer's life or what have you. So... At this point, you know, I feel like even the whole Dahmer thing was uh, a, a program, uh, no doubt, um, especially how they keep telling the story. This is something that they want to continue to talk about in the public eye, not because he was a unique individual, but the mind control that comes behind it. And I think a lot of the mind control, in fact, in this case, a lot of the mind control is don't you don't know who's next door you don't know who's next door who's living next door to you i mean the whole Dahmer thing basically he's he's eating people in an apartment building with people on all sides of him um you know on the next floor and the lady next door could smell it <laughs> police did nothing which is also a reason why I definitely feel like this is a program. The police was, you know, pretty much told to chill out. But it's all about not trusting your neighbors, man. Somehow, some way, got to get back to that. You know, got to get back to that. And movies like Dahmer kind of discourage these things because we don't know who's next door. So let's not find out. I need to know who's next door. (laughs) I need to know. Let's see here. Uh, Where are we? Uh, Charles Shaw was a child laborer from the age of seven, beginning in 1839. When an adult, he wrote, okay, it says when an adult. Come on, man. We gotta, we gotta get this right. We gotta get this grammar right. We'll just say as an adult, he wrote a book about his experiences. Fortunes were piled up on the pitless toilings of little children and thousands of them never saw manhood or womanhood. Their young life was used as tillage 
for the quick growth of wealth. I have seen sights of sickening brutality. These little white slaves were flogged at times as brutally, all things considered, as Legree flogged Uncle Tom. Okay, I'm sure he's referencing that. Um, nearly all England wept about 13 years later for Uncle Tom, especially the classes, but no fine lady or gentleman wept for the cruel for the cruelty used. It says on well, it just says children, dot 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 children, but on these children, pretty much. Everybody wept for Uncle Tom, but nobody wept for these children. It's crazy, man. I, I feel the same thing happening here. Let's see here. White children in the early factories were sometimes beaten to death, killed by blows from overseers. These are overseers in these factories. They was not playing. You you getting you get what's that joint called? The roller? <laughs> Wait a minute. You getting the billy roller. You getting the billy roller. Of course you're gonna kill somebody with some kind with some iron device of course a child yeah you getting the billy roller Woo. i'm almost I, we almost done here listen we, we almost done see uh the overseers carries a strap they carry that thong they carry that thong the boys are severely strapped. There was a tenter to every flat, and he was considered as a sort of a whipper. This is the overseer. They call him a they call him a tenter to every flat. So I guess every floor had an overseer. And he was considered as sort of a whipper, a whipper in to force the children to extra exertion seen wounds inflicted upon children by tenters by alexander drysdale among others with the belt or a stick or the first thing that came uppermost that whatever he could grab belt stick billy roller billy club thong strap don't matter he gonna find it and, and, and he gonna wake you up man uh saw a kick given by given by the above mentioned alexander drysdale which broke two ribs of the little boy okay let me start by saying this fuck alexander drysdale Wh wherever he may incarnate it into whatever he turned into yeah yeah you 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 a bitch for that you, you a bitch for that kicking kicking a, a a minor in the ribs so he can continue to work <laughs> crazy uh let's see here broke two of his ribs man wow they helped to carry the boy down to a surgeon the boy had been guilty of some trifling offense 
such as calling names to the next boy. Boys will be boys, but you ain't got to kick them in the ribs, man. Testimony of Ellen Ferrier, factory worker. When Charles Kennedy was the overseer, he licked us very bad, beat our heads in, and kicked us very bad. Testimony from Marty Scott, a factory worker. Was here with Charles Kennedy. Seen him strike Betty Sutherland. Can't tell how often, but it was ter- terrible often. Wow. These are quotes from the from from the from the people from the children working there at the time. Wow. Okay. Statement from Mr. Grant. Listen, I, I want to reiterate. We're showing where this the the dark side of this child labor stuff can go. You're talking about 11 to 14 states where these so-called minors can work at can work um, uh, more hours and they can work at um, at earlier ages this is this is where this is going this is where this is going at some underground bar serving alcohol cut it out like like oh our teenagers will get so ahead when they start working at an earlier age teach your children man Teach your children. Don't 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 have them involved in this. This is crazy. And and we need to shut down. Well, not necessarily we, because it ain't my fight. <laughs> but for those in the know, this minor thing, we we it, it needs to be shut down for real. It needs to be shut down. It, there's got to be a better way, because we we definitely know where this shipping miners from other countries and where that's leading definitely sex work definitely work like this in factories still making them damn jordans what what might what mj saying about this isaiah lord thomas the third of the detroit pistons would never allow this i guarantee you a statement from a Mr. Grant, a Manchester factory worker, April 8, excuse me, April of the year 1833, a child not 10 years of age, having been late at the factory one morning, had had as his punishment a rope put round his neck in which a weight of 20 pounds was attached and thus like a galley slave, it was compelled to labor. This is torture. This is torture on another this is this is torture on another level. No doubt. What else here? Statement by Reverend Osler, London, 1833. In the mill at Wigan, the children for any slight neglect were loaded with weights of 20 pounds passed over their shoulders and hanging behind their backs. Then there was a murderous instrument called that damn Billy Roller. That damn Billy Roller. Here we go again. Man. 
all right let me let's 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 start from the top because once again we're just trying to show you the dangers of this we're just trying to show you the dark side of this for any slight neglect were loaded with weights of 20 pounds passed over their shoulders and hanging behind their backs then there was a murderous instrument called a billy roller about eight feet long and one inch and a half in diameter with which many children had been knocked down and in some instances murdered by it you know let's uh, 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 listen now we get the the environment of these factories of this type of work this was life-threatening there was no apprenticeship about this this is no making apprentices this is these are just words this was indentured servitude this was slavery and white kids nonetheless white children your babies this is their babies and this is happening to them you know i get that this is mostly poor people but man where's the uprising the parents I, oh then again i guess the parents were was were slaves as well so there you have it um man okay let let's move on from there we'll we'll read uh we'll read this last thing and um gonna read this last one and um this is probably uh once again this is the uh the morbid portion of our show tonight (laughs) all right thousands i repeat thousands page 15 thousands of white children in great britain were forced to work as human rooms inside chimney flues and led miserable lives and died horrid deaths the condition of these chimney sweepers reveals perhaps more than any other form of white sl- slavery the a- the excuse me the attitude of the ruling class toward most defenseless and oppressed segment of the surplus white poor this is the fate of many white poor people at the time so-called white poor people at the time this is their fate chimney sweepers human chimney sweepers chimney sweeping had been a practice as a trade as far back as the Tudor era era or the Tudor era but the custom of forcing young boys to sweep flues with brushes and scrapers probably did not become general until the 18th century. British cities and Gregorian era was festooned with forests of rooftop brick and mortar. Several flues were usually installed in each of the chimneys of the Gregorian mansion to satisfy the 18th century demand for more comfortable indoor heating a a fireplace in nearly every room being 
the new yardstick of comfort. Now, if you read uh, Dirt by Terrence McLaughlin, which came back in the print, they talk about this. They talk about the, uh, the, the living environment of a lot of these poor white people. These people did not have chimneys at the time. They didn't, there wasn't, they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford a chimney. So they would have a fireplace where they cook, try to stay warm in the corner of the room. And basically all that smoke and that soot would fester all over the walls, all over the ceilings and out a window. If they had one out the door, this is, this is a real thing. So having a chimney was basically a luxury at that time. And if you had a chimney, you needed somebody to sweep it. You needed somebody to clean it. You're going to get Kip, Kip, the little chimney sweep. Here he comes. Get up in there. Whew. I couldn't imagine. Um, as a number of flues, that's what they call the, uh, the actual chimney or the, uh, the inside area. As a number of flues increase, the size decrease, the average being approximately 10 by 14 inches. Children were essentially, uh, excuse me, children were essential for their maintenance so they could fit in there. Only children could fit in there and clean it. An adult couldn't reach up and clean it. You had to get little little Kip. Whoo! Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, the very architect of the Gregorian England now reflected the throwaway status of the white pauper children, like the white children enslaved in the factories. They had been recruited from the workhouses as a pauper apprentice. Parish, uh, let's see here. An uh, 18th century eyewitness to the system of child chimney sweepers, Jonas Hanway stated that it was equal to any of the miseries which human nature seems capable of supporting. Dark, but yet poetic. He says equal to it's equal. The chimney sweeping is equal to any of the miseries which human nature seems capable of supporting. And if the evil is suffered to reign any longer, it must level us with nations who we call barbarians. If it does not ultimately draw down on us the vengeance of heaven. Yeah, this is um. If there was a sin, to me, this would be the ultimate one. You know, it's one thing for you to take your dumb ass up a flu to clean it. But it's another thing for you to get poor Kip the chimney sweep. Who, he ain't even live, didn't even have a life yet to clean your damn flu. Crazy. Chimney sweep, chimney, chimney sweeping was often little more than thinly disguised slavery oh yes oh yes thinly disguised this was not a job 
This was not a job. This was indentured servitude for real. It was not uncommon to send the children up the chimneys while they were still on fire or to place flaming straw in the grate beneath the child who had entered the chimney but refused to go all the way up. If little Kip didn't go all the way up, they would burn straw to make sure he did. We, we, we gotta we gotta hold our children close <laughs> we, we we got to teach our children we we gotta give them something better than this where there there had to be some kind of rebellions for this alone for this alone forget my slavery for this alone there should have been a massive rebellion I'm not gonna say that they weren't but it, this this it just don't sit right forcing kids to clean a, a, a flu clean a chimney and if you don't I'm gonna burn this straw I'm gonna get the Billy roller I'm gonna pay you pittance that, that's the least of your worries pittance that's the least of your worries Hopefully you survive this to get your pittance. Whoo. Lord, 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 Lord. Lord of mercy. Flaming straw. Forcing kids up there. I don't even know if I want to read anymore. This is this is barbaric. This is barbarism at its finest. And this is everyday life at one time for those that could afford to have a chimney and those that could afford to clean it. This is white on white crime. White on white crime. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, whew, okay, I, I wasn't even ready for this. Skeletal deformities and, crip and crippling were common as were fatal accidents and eyewitness accounts tells of a boy called to a job that needed to be done and in haste the child entered the flu but quickly came out again saying it was too hot the master told him to make as much haste as he could he was a long time going up heard him cry out he was hung to a nail heard him heard him cry and sobbing very much very near nine o'clock having been up about 20 minutes never heard never heard anymore upon asking the boy's master he sent another boy up after him he went as far as he could reached his toes the child said he could not pull him down he won't come down, master, who said, damn him. Damn him to hell. Damn you. Whew. The builder who, who extricated the boy said it was very difficult as he was so wedged in and the flu was so exceedingly hot. The flu was 
The flue was 14 inches by 12. That and the soot and the heat, the builder testified, must have caused the boy's death of suffocation. Those boys who escaped death often contracted cancer. In 1775, um, per, per Sable, for Sable Pot observed an overwhelming number of young chimney sweeps suffering from scrotal cancer. He believed that the horrendous disease in these malnourished boys kept in by their employer to fit down the chimneys. They're kept skinny so they can fit down a chimney. We we almost done here. Yeah, we we are definitely almost done here. Um, wow. This is <laughs> this is this is the true evil. This is another level. This is this is another level. Wow. Um. So the, these these. Diseases and these illnesses and these sicknesses are caused by the constant exposure of the soot of being up there. I don't know how many times you had to clean this chimney, you know. Um, I definitely would say probably a few times a month. But the English government looked more than 50 years to pass it took more than 50 years to pass laws to protect them more than 50 years in handbills and advertisement the masses of chimney sweeps would boast that they were possession they were in possession of small boys for their best inside flues little boys for small flues little boys for small flues was a popular advertising slogan let's be clear they were keeping them boys around for more than just cleaning them damn flues in early 19th century investigation revealed that no child could be found who voluntarily entered the ranks of a sweep So basically, no child violent. Yo, there's not one single child that voluntarily entered this damn chimney. That's what they're saying. So all of them were threatened, forced, most likely in some kind of violent manner to go up these damn chimneys. Listen, I, I think we 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 can we get it at this point. We, we get it at this point. This is, um, whew, man, I, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, let's, let's look at this real quick. Uh, I highlighted this, um, bills proposed in parliament requiring the, the abolish of the use of climbing boys. These are the boys going up chimneys 
under the age of 10 were defeated in the House of Lords in 1804, 1818, and twice in 1819. So even when they knew better, nobody did nothing. So from the time this started, it took over 50 years for them to pass some sort of law to give some sort of rights to these miners working in these as a little kip. It took 50 years for little kip to get justice or some kind of rights. So he don't have to chimney sweep. This is this is the state of this is what miners were going through. They they had no choice. These are poor miners brought from some other place or taken off the streets. Man. Uh, listen, I, I don't even <laughs> need I say more as we wrap up here. This is this was the fate of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of children in England, in America, and in, in, in a lot of different places. But these places at the time were the developing um, countries, this whole industrial revolution. And it was worked off the backs of children. This is the same thing we saw in the movie uh, Snowpiercer, where the train that was, uh, <laughs> the whole world was frozen over. They had the whole train that didn't stop. It just kept going. And at the end of the cart was the, the third world cart was nothing but poor folks, nothing but poor children, their parents. And basically all of them were in servitude. And it was those people that uh, would rebel and broke into each uh each compartment of the train, each cart, and they tried to work themselves up, work their way up all the way to the front, only to find that children were basically uh, supplying, the, uh, they were working in front of the train, it was under compartments. Uh, whether I don't know if they were um, shipping coal or whatever it was, I, I don't remember, but basically children were at the head of this train driving it man and we know today they're not sweeping no damn chimneys but they're probably doing things that are far more sinister far more sinister because there's nothing new under the sun this is in a state near you now this is in a state near you you say oh not my kids well <laughs> listen who's to say who's to say we got to protect our kids or your kids will be the next little Kip, the chimney sweeper. It's going to be little Kip, Ooh, little Kip, the chimney sweep. Getting beat with, with the, <laughs> with the Billy roller, getting beat with the thong, man. We're going to end this on definitely something more positive and uplifting 
we're going to end this with uh, some legendary Oludara. Wherever you are, brother, peace to you, man. Until next time. <laughs>
Once you sell all that stuff, you, you clean them out loud. Then you go out to breathe out to see James Brown. James Brown used to sweat a lot. That's where I made my money. I'm the sweat catcher. I go in and catch James Brown's sweat. I catch Wilson Pickett's sweat. The, mid the midnight move. What you got, girl? Wait in the car. I'll get it later on. Whatever you got for me, I'll take it. Exactly. I got me. Oh.